and welcome in to your Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, May 17th, 2023, the 137th day of the year, 35 days away from summer. Today is hashtag National Work From Home Day, which millions and millions of people are doing today in the new post-pandemic America. Being in the news business, I worked straight through the pandemic at my longtime radio base of WDBO in Orlando. And at the start of 2022, when I went to work in Charlotte, I had an apartment for the first time in many, many years, and I was doing mornings, so I would get home around 11, 11.30, and the parking garage was like 70, 80% full all the time. And at first, I was like, don't people work anymore? I mean, they can't all be students or retired, but then I realized they were working from home. Today is also National Pinot Grigio Day, celebrating the vintage wine's ability to be paired and enjoyed with just about anything, meat, fish, veggies, or by itself, or while you're working from home. And speaking of Charlotte, North Carolina, where I no longer live, I'm happily back in my home state of the Sunshine State. There was big news yesterday, though, from the Tar Heel State, the state's Republican-led legislature voting to override Democratic Governor Roy Cooper's ban of a 12-week abortion ban. When women's health is on the line, I will never back down. That was Cooper at a news conference over the weekend. The new 12-week ban has exceptions for medical emergencies and in cases of rape and incest. In Washington, another day of talks on the debt ceiling between top congressional leaders led by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Biden proved unsuccessful. And you know it's getting serious now because the president is cutting his overseas trip short to get back to Washington and make sure he doesn't become the first president ever to let the country go into default. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's post-meeting comments carried live on Newsmax yesterday. Look, nothing has been resolved in this negotiation. So the only thing that has changed is we finally have a format that has proven to work years in the past. Now, all the years in the past, they had more time to negotiate. So uh, it's more critical. But the difference, too, is The House Republicans have actually passed something that raises the debt ceiling. So if you get against the wall, you always have a product out there you could pass to make sure you didn't default if that's what you want to do. The Republicans passed legislation back in April that pairs a $1.5 trillion debt ceiling hike with $4.8 trillion in spending cuts. Democrats say they will not agree to a repeal of Biden's student loan forgiveness effort and an increase in work requirements for some federal benefit programs. The president is headed to Japan today for a G7 meeting and was scheduled to go to India and then Austria after that, but will instead return to Washington after the G7. And you may ask, why in the world would it be going to Austria anyway? Well, they're holding some talks over there with some other world leaders in regards to China. And the other big story, of course, reaction to special counsel John Durham's 300-plus page report on the FBI's investigation of alleged Trump-Russia collusion, beginning with President Trump himself on Rob Schmidt tonight. The Durham report vindicates you 
in a number of different ways. It destroys Russia collusion. It validates your firing of FBI Director James Comey. It validates your criticisms of late Senator John McCain, who pushed this dossier in Washington. It proves that you've been targeted by a very vicious machine. Yeah. Well, that's been uh, obvious to me for a long time. I fired Comey, and uh, that was a very wise thing to do. I'm glad I fired him, and I fired him very early. And uh, he wasn't my pick either. I inherited him, but right. he got we got rid of him, and it's a lucky thing I did. Otherwise, it would have been far worse. But I would tell you that it's a great vindication, and it feels good. And the report has been, you know, wildly praised. It, I wish it could have come faster, but the detail that he went into, 308 pages, the detail is extraordinary. And uh, all of these people, I guess you could call it treason. You could call it a lot of different things. But this should never be allowed to happen in our country again. You know, in a White House meeting, then CIA Director John Brennan briefed President Obama that Hillary Clinton had dreamed up a scheme to paint you as a Russian asset, as a distraction from her email disaster. Joe Biden, who's now the president, was at that briefing and has been lying about you for political gain ever since. If you get back into the White House, how, how do you disinfect a, a town as dirty as Washington, D.C.? Well, there is a deep state, and there are a lot of problems, and I did a lot of uh, firing, but it goes, down, uh, it goes down very low when you look at it. Uh, you know, this was really started by when she lost the election, which, according to some people, was uh, not uh, was somewhat of a surprise, okay? I didn't right. think it was a surprise because I'd go to rallies with, with like 55,000 people, and she'd have rallies that, you know, were not well attended at all. But they called this a big, big uh, surprise, and they didn't know what to say. And they said, let's blame it on Russia. Somehow somebody came up with the idea, let's blame her loss on Russia. And when they blamed it on Russia, all of a sudden the news, the fake news, started picking it up and it went longer and longer. And all of a sudden it was a week and then two weeks and then ended up going two and a half years. Uh, they made the most of it and it's a disgrace. But this was really an excuse for why she lost the election. She blamed it on Russia. And for more on Trump's fake news media, I really think one of the, the, the gravest threats in this country is that the media is now aligned with the Washington, D.C. machine that they are tasked to question and to hold accountable. Uh, and it's it's really shocking to see the way they handled this story. So when I first got here and when I campaigned, I realized early on that the media was corrupt and I came up with the term fake news. They are fake news. And it's not only fake in terms of what they're saying, it's what they don't say. They don't report on things. It's like incredible. The biggest stories. This is the biggest story of maybe in the history of our country, it's crime of the century. Uh, look at what they report on on other people. I won't mention names. Other people where they're they're caught cold. Right. They're criminals, and they don't even report. They refuse. To, you know, you can't have a scandal if you don't have publicity, to be honest. You cannot have a scandal. Uh, Congress is finding things that are incredible. Nobody even talks about them. So it's a very, very sad situation. The news is fake. They're corrupt. The only problem with the word fake, it's not strong enough. Indeed. That is President Trump last night on Rob Schmidt tonight, weeknights at 7 o'clock Eastern, right after the record with Greta Van Susteren, who has more on the Russia collusion story with former Trump chief of staff, Mark Meadows.
For years, it was the talk of the town. The now-debunked Trump-Russia collusion narrative was painted all over major newspapers. TV newscasts went wall-to-wall -wall with questions concerning whether or not former President Donald Trump was a Russian agent. The allegations even led to the first impeachment trial of former President Trump. Years later, those same media outlets would issue a flurry of corrections. But those corrections, they weren't on the front page where they had plastered the false allegations. That would have been the fair thing to do. And of course, by the time the news organizations corrected their stories of damage, well, it was already done. Former White House Chief of Staff for former President Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, joins me. Good evening, sir. It's great to be with you, Greta. Thanks. Um, what was the impact in the White House of all the investigations? Well, I mean, listen, if you could only focus on the real job and not have to answer all the questions that each day in, day out uh, were yelled by many in the media, uh, it, it was the narrative of the day. And you're right, the apologies came, but they were, you know, they were on page seven or they were on page 10 or they were in the F block or the Z block uh, on, on any uh, news program. And, and what happened is not only was the damage done, but the narrative continued. You know, Adam Schiff went on every single legacy media uh, program that would have him and, oh, I've seen the evidence, I've seen the evidence. So how does he show his face today uh, in light of this report that not only says there was no evidence, but that he and others had to know that there was no truth to it. Well, you know, look, you know, Republicans and Democrats have been fighting for you know, a couple hundred <laughs> years. You know, but I, I think the really sort of painful thing, at least for me, is that you know, when I see these institutions, when I see the FBI, the top of the FBI, not not the not the people of special agents, and when I see like um, like I see Adam Schiff when he went out there, when Adam Schiff said that he had evidence, I thought, well, he's a former assistant United States attorney. He wouldn't lie, would he? Right. You know, and so I mean, I, that's where I think where the confidence shakes in so many of the American people, and that's such a huge disservice. A huge disservice. Greta Van Susteren, as you likely know, is a former high-profile criminal attorney, former Florida Attorney General and Special Advisor to President Trump, Pam Bondi, had very compelling points on the possible legal ramifications for the FBI and the DOJ going forward. First of all, civilly, they all need to be held accountable for all of the legal fees that these people had to pay as a result of this fake witch hunt. President Trump had said this from day one, and once again, he was right. This was a witch hunt. He's now vindicated. We all knew he didn't do anything wrong, but this is unreal. Hillary was involved in it. Obama was involved in it. The Biden administration was involved in it. Now, as a prosecutor, John, and I don't hear anyone talking about this, and this is so important. Anyone at the FBI who was involved in this, they are in trouble. Now, if any of these people, any of these agents, the top down, I don't care who they are, if they made any criminal cases during that time, any legitimate cases, whether or not the people have been convicted or not, Merrick Garland has an obligation to let the defense attorneys know in those cases. These are damaged agents, according to John Durham. They all are damaged agents. So they didn't only damage President Trump and our country, but they could have jeopardized many criminal cases out there. The, the Department of Justice, they have an obligation and they should be right now scouring through any cases that those agents have ever touched because now they are in possession of exculpatory evidence for defendants. And remember, some of these agents have probably touched child molester cases, very, very serious cases, kidnapping cases, yeah, and they have an it's... obligation under the law. So this could be very damaging. Wow. 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 Former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi on John Bachman now. 
I almost want to play that audio again because what she said is potentially so impactful, possibly opening a Pandora's box of legal ramifications. Meanwhile, the FBI did issue a statement Tuesday in response to Durham's report. Newsmax congressional correspondent Kilmeny Ducart from Capitol Hill. The FBI responding to the report's findings, saying the conduct in 2016 and 2017 that special counsel Durham examined was the reason that current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions, which have now been in place for some time. Had those reforms been in place in 2016, the missteps identified in the report could have been prevented. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, who chairs the House Judiciary Committee, says the only way to bring accountability here is to go through the appropriations process to use the power of the purse and really be able to affect some sort of control over these agencies. We know he has already summoned John Durham himself to testify next week on Capitol Hill. And we'll see where, if anywhere, this goes from here. And shifting gears a bit, could former Texas governor and presidential candidate Rick Perry be planning on running for president again? Rob Finnerty on Wake Up America. So here we are. I mean, the first debate, August, Milwaukee, we're talking three and a half months. You ran in 2012, got a lot of attention. In 2016, you were one of the early favorites. Are you planning on running for president again in 2024? Well, I don't know about that, but I do disagree that uh, it's too late in the process because the fact of the matter is in 2011, uh, I didn't go in the race until August. But beside the point, here's what I want to get people focused on. We need to have candidates that are really focused on the future. Uh, what's your vision for America? I mean, we need a happy warrior again that's out there talking about uh, morning in America. I mean, yeah, that's Ronald Reagan speak, but that's exactly what this country needs. When I look across the landscape, and too often people are looking back. To, they're talking about things that happened three, four, five years ago. Well, it's fine to talk about what was the record uh, for four or five years ago, but give us what you're going to do in the future. We want to hear a really positive outlook for America. And, and we can. This country can has gone through a lot of incredibly difficult things in its past and had a bright future. And we need to see that again from our candidates. I talked to Tucker Carlson about potentially getting in this race. Uh, we There are some incredibly capable men and women. When I listen to Ramaswamy and he, he talks about uh, the future, and I like that. That's the type of, uh, you know, President Trump, let's talk about the future. Uh, you know, Governor DeSantis, we need to hear your really bright, capable, thoughtful yeah. uh, vision for America. That's what people are looking for. And I'm going to be engaged in that process. I may be on the sidelines. I may be right here on Newsmax doing it. But I'm telling you, Americans are ready for that uh, uplifting, visionary American leader that can take this country to, uh, to plateaus that we've never even thought we could get to before. And we can do this. That's what America's looking for. Rick Perry of Texas. And I agree for the most part. Let's look forward. You can't change the past. You can only change the future. What's that saying? Don't ruin a good today by focusing on a bad yesterday. Isn't that what they say? Or something like that? In other news, and this is important, this morning, President Biden presented nine Americans with a Medal of Valor. That's the nation's top honor for bravery by a public safety officer. Was given posthumously to two New York police officers who were killed in an ambush and to the officer who killed the gunman. Also honored this morning were three New York City 
City firemen and police officers from Ohio, Texas, and Colorado. And Elon Musk, once the darling of the libs, being slammed by the libs for comments about George Soros. Yesterday, Musk compared Soros to X-Man villain Magneto. I'm not that big of an X-Man's guy. And he claimed that Soros hates humanity. Well, Soros is Jewish, number one, and is a Holocaust survivor, number two. However, so is the character, Magneto, from the X-Man comics. So really, this is where we're at now. Yeah, now they're going after poor Elon Musk as well. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be going at him hard and heavy now. The other day, did you see uh, the Virgin Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands issued a subpoena to Elon Musk in the Jeffrey Epstein lawsuit, although that may be a good thing, but they're going to start nitpicking on Elon Musk for everything they can. Come on. The guy's changing the world. Notice that nobody has subpoenaed Bill Clinton or Bill Gates yet in regards to Jeffrey Epstein, and I don't think it's just because their name is Bill. And did you see this at Newsmax.com? The federal government reportedly trying to get back nearly $7 million from more than 1,200 Navy retirees after discovering an error in the system had been doling out bigger payments than they were due for almost four years. The Navy Times first reported the miscalculation for 1,283 retirees from August of 2019 until February of this year. And now some of those Navy retirees owe anywhere from 35000 to as much as possibly $70,000, that according to the Defense Finance and Accounting Services. If you're not already watching Newsmax, it is available on most major cable systems like AT&T, Comcast, Dish, DirecTV, Spectrum, and many others, as well as platforms like Apple TV, Roku, Zumo, and more. Make sure you download the Newsmax app on your smartphone as well. This way you can watch your favorite shows anywhere, anytime you want. Thank you, as always. Always for listening to the Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your day. And in the meantime, keep fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.